Good afternoon. My name is Chuck with Triumph Entertainment, and I have the pleasure of sitting in today with two gentlemen. One is my co-host, Bill O'Brien. Say hello, Bill. How you doing? And Ed, Ed, say your last name. Uh, Allison. So, Ed, uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is the roundtable, live and local. We don't just do music, but we do uh, local entertainment and local events and live today you will be playing as a special treat yes absolutely I'm so excited <laughs> bill was so excited that it was almost like opening a christmas present when, <laughs> when i said he were bringing your guitar he's like yes yeah this, absolutely this, this man is like a god in our music music oh. industry around no, here. No. oh yes you no. are i know i don't know a man that can play like 920 instruments <laughs> i just like to keep myself busy <laughs> So speaking about the 920 instruments, tell everybody what you do play. Uh, so I mainly I mainly play guitar and bass. Um, I play with uh, a handful of local bands. Uh, mainly I play with Gunmetal Gray. I play bass. I do some backing vocals. Uh, I write some of the music. Um, I play with Y2 Kids, which is a 2000s cover group. I also play bass in uh, with my brother who sings. Uh, and I do my own original music, uh, which I do solo sometimes. And I'm actually currently forming and uh, uh, finalizing a band to do that. Nice. Nice. Now, you also sit in on a band that is up and coming. Mm -hmm. And I'll have them in the studio here in the next couple of weeks. But um, who would that be? Yeah, so so those are the main things I do. But uh, aside from that, I, I I sit in occasionally with a band called Hot and Dangerous, uh, where I play drums, uh, kind of all all around rock and roll kind of music. Uh, I play with a band called Smiley Foot, which is original pop punk music, also some '80s covers kind of thing, led by uh, Eric Arndt. Um, I also play with the flip side of that band, which. Uh, kind of converged last year because of the members, which is Nimrod, which is a Green Day tribute. Uh, I also technically still play with Enema, which is a Blink-182 tribute that was formed by myself, one of the guitarists of Gunmetal Grey, and uh, the drummer Oliver Sype. Uh, I, I gotta turn my paper over. Hold on, Ed. I'm yeah. writing all this down. I gotta turn the paper yeah. over. Um, and we, we, we don't do shows right now because we, we do bigger shows that can't happen during COVID, but... In theory, that band still exists, and I still play with them. Hence, he told you, Bill, that he doesn't do much. Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know, he just likes to stay busy. Yeah. <laughs> wow. One of the things that uh, I have come to know by you is because I also book you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Through Triumph Entertainment. And for everybody that is and looking forward to a show tonight, Ed will be playing tonight at the Tourist Inn. That was correct. At the Tourist Inn from 8 till 11. And uh, he plays there frequency outside of uh, the Tourist Inn. He also plays some other places. Yeah, I play um, a lot of places around the area. And I it, this is something that's fairly new for me. Obviously, with COVID, um, yeah, lots of bars are having just small acoustic entertainment. Mm -hmm. So I started doing that to fill in the gaps between some of uh, the other shows that are happening this year and last year. So I play... You know, places like the Tourist Inn or um, Ted's in Anvil, um, Windridge in Dallas Town, uh, the Riverside in Lancaster, uh, and kind of other places here and there sporadically. And, and it's a shame, like, the way the time is now with the pandemic and, you know, all these artists who are so used to going out and, and these bands going out and playing it. And now, I mean, it, it's almost like they're, they're trying to scrape for every little yeah. place they can play, you know. Yeah. A lot of these breweries and that are just doing you know, acoustic acts, but they're doing what they can, you know, to try to, to try to survive and stay afloat. Yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's hard on everybody because it's, you know, it's hard on musicians for, you know, that just want to get out there to play, you know, period, uh, that there's not much opportunity there. It's hard for musicians who rely on that income, uh, you know, that, that don't have that anymore. And of course it's hard on, uh, the, the businesses that can, that can't afford to do it right now because of capacity. Yeah. One of the things I've noticed in the last, I want to say three months. Things are loosening the belt straps a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think we're. I I think it's good that we're moving towards reopening. And I think uh, uh, 
getting started and moving forward with like the vaccine and just people being more aware of what's going on and what is expected of them, I think is really helping to get us back to where we can have, you know, more than 20 people in a restaurant, hopefully. Speaking about the band Gunmetal Gray that you're in, you have turned it into somewhat of a trio. Yes. Oh, yeah. So um, our singer, Dave, uh, does a regular DJ gig on Fridays. Uh, and while we will occasionally break that to do uh, an important show or a big show, um, that's his main income. And we don't and we try not to mess with that as much as possible. So the three of us, uh, the drummer, the guitarist and myself, uh, formed a little side project called GM3, which is uh, kind of just like a party band. We play, you know, popular music. We play, uh, you know, uh, kind of pop punk music. We play classic like Tom Petty and um like fleetwood mac and like stuff like that stuff that gunmetal gray does not regularly play and would not regularly play um and we do just kind of friday night things uh here and there uh sporadically but what's nice about gm3 as well is that it helps gunmetal gray sort of in the long term one of the best things that happens with gm3 is that we'll come into a venue and we'll do our show. And then towards the end of the night, we'll start to play some heavy music, some things that would cross over with Gunmetal Gray, and it will go really well. And we can use that to say, hey, look, this went really well. Everybody really loved it. Why don't you have Gunmetal Gray come in here and do that as a full night, which is the end goal. Bill and I are aware of, uh, of a certain place that you played, uh, I think it was like a week ago. It's one of your new places, Bill. What's that place called? Oh, Sherman's Creek Inn. Sherman's Creek Inn, yep, absolutely. I'll tell you what. I I'm actually, I was pleasantly surprised when I walked in there. No, the for somebody, yeah, for somebody that has never been there before, but remembers the old days, you're too young to remember the old days. Yep. Uh, the place was a hole in the wall. Oh, yeah. Okay. And when for I say, <laughs> when I say biker bar, that's actually upclassing it. Um, because I don't think a biker would actually want to go in there unless they're a regular. Mm -hmm. But uh, you frequent there, went to a show last weekend? Uh, yeah, we were there last weekend for um, uh, Sinister. Sinister. Yeah. Sinister. Yeah. So, so what do you do, what do you think of the atmosphere as as a patron? And then I'll get to you as a well, musician. Well, one of one of the things that that I noticed right away was that I liked about it is I'm a non-smoker. So, you know, I've gone to Johnny Joe's. You know, I've gone to Tubby's. I've gone to all those bars that you know that and, and clubs that had smoking and you deal with it. And the nice thing about it is the bar area is where you smoke. But then they've got the dining area where the stage is, which is totally separate. And it's actually big enough that they got a decent amount of people in there and they were still socially distancing. Mm -hmm. Now, you could get up, you could go up to the stage, but you had to have your mask on. And and I, and I will give them credit that they came up and they told people who didn't have their mask, get your mask on. Mm -hmm. And it, it's for everybody's safety right now. But I'll tell you what, it was the smoke never hardly made it into the dining area that's that's one of the the At all yeah but the most impressive things about that is that it's very i don't know how they do it but it's very contained yep. as, as soon as you walk into the bar area which is like it's not like a door you walk there it's a bit it's a nice open you know kind of uh archway big barn doors yeah that, that, that you walk through and it, it's like immediately as soon as you walk in you can smell the smoke you can smoke in there but as soon as you walk back into the the dining room yep. the big banquet area there's nothing yep and it was great. And, and it's good for a lot of the guys who sing in that because, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes those, those smoky bars, man, it, it just, it messes up the throat. What is uh, Steve Whiteman from Kicks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. When he came to Tubby's, no smoking that night. No. We, he don't. He doesn't do smoke. Do and it. matter of fact, one of the reasons why he quit playing Fat Daddies before Fat Daddies went non-smoking mm -hmm. and I had him, because I did Funny Money with him, mm -hmm. was I always put him at the TI because they were accommodating to know it's non-smoking. Mm -hmm. Drinking Bone, another famous place that I used to I love the own, and love he wouldn't play there unless mm -hmm. I put a stage in. Mm -hmm. So I went out and put a six-inch stage in, cost me a thousand bucks, but I got funny money into the room. Mm -hmm. And again, that night, no smoking. Um, I'm a foodie. You're a foodie. Yeah. Ed's a foodie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know what musician in this world, especially, doesn't need the carbs, the energy, mm -hmm. and all the other right. stuff we need to have keep it as going but what i noticed when i went to sherman's creek in was their food mm -hmm. was spot on it's yes. great 
it yeah. was great. Like everything that they that they did to to remodel to the only the only thing that I saw, and I even said to the one lady, I said, if you guys could extend that stage about two feet, yeah, to give the lead singer and and the guitar some room, because mm-hmm. right now if you set the drums up, you get maybe a foot. Yeah, if you yep. extend that two feet. Man, I mean, any band could play there, no problem. Yeah, it was it, it was actually very nice. Troy is the owner, and he is a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And him and his wife had bought it just as COVID hit, mm-hmm. so they did all the remodeling because everybody else had, like everybody else, including the tourist in, said, "Will we only shut down for two weeks?" So they remodeled. They did all the stuff they needed to do. Mm-hmm. If you've been in the TI yet, have you seen the band room? I I have not walked uh, next door yet to oh, see the band. They room. remodeled the band room. She remodeled the whole building really and no more booths it's all stand-up seating and when i say the band room that floor hasn't been touched since 1991 i know because i was there in 1991 (laughs) the place is immaculate the floors are immaculate the ceilings the painting the bathrooms no longer have graffiti on them it's a nice nice atmosphere and the clientele is starting to come back Mm -hmm. the music has always been the root of the tourist in and i'm not tooting my horn but I am going to say that in the last three years that I've been booking the place, it went from bottom to mid-range where we were doing things and great things last year when COVID hit. Mm-hmm. Back in Black had almost 400 and some people in there on March 8th. Wow. Mm-hmm. And they hadn't played there in 10 years. That's packing that room pretty good. Yeah, we're talking yeah. Pool, pool table pack. Yeah, right. Yeah, last time I was there was uh, would have been Suicide Puppets place. So that's been well before the pandemic. Right. So I haven't been there since they remodeled it. When you get bands coming to you and saying, listen, we'll do the door because no, it no longer pays us to get the, the flat fee mm-hmm. because they see how many people are in there now. That's, that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Because, and unfortunately, and I'm not knocking Ed on this one. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I've had talks with Gunmetal Gray's management mm-hmm. before in the past, mm-hmm. a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And they wanted me to pay them up front. And I can't pay people up front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're looking at people um, who make a living off of just the bar, that's all there is to it. We're looking at Fridays and Saturday nights being open in most places. The Sherman's Creek Inn is not like that. No. They have entertainment every night of the week. Yes, yeah. Uh, they have um, you know, bands Friday, Saturdays. Um, they have acoustic acts throughout the week. They have... Uh, karaoke nights I, I think they have trivia nights possibly but every any night you go there you know there's going to be something there for you to and, do. and plenty of parking i mean it's it, oh yeah they have just stepped up and gave us that venue that another venue that we need you know since blarney's closed mm-hmm. and burned, burned down mm-hmm. and you know we, we were losing them left and right back when i played it was the pandemonium the band, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they did bands in there. Well, yeah, well, they, they did. They haven't. They did. One, when we had bands back in the day, it was easier. And I say back in the day, like I am old because it is. But we played Friday and Saturday nights, and I enjoyed playing Friday and Saturday nights because we brought in the PA. Mm-hmm. And if we only played one night, that means we had to tear down the exact same night that we set up, mm-hmm. and we have to leave early to set up. And we work, and then we'd have to be not like you guys are out now. What time do you think you're out? If you pack up tonight and right. not do your own PA, what time are you out in the morning? Oh man, uh, oh. not even the morning yet. Like I, you know, uh, if we played a place like the Sherman's Creek Inn, uh, you know, where we play eight to eleven, if we, you know, the three of us put our minds to it, we can get out of there before midnight. I wasn't out of the place before four in the morning. Yeah, and matter of fact. When I played the old wheel, when it was the old wheel, before it moved into town, we played Friday and Saturday night, which was fine for me because I could get drunk Friday night, then tear down Saturday night. But they were counting drawers and waiting on us before we were done. And sometimes if we could do it, we'd always ask the management, can we come back Sunday mm-hmm. and, and get it out? The lamppost in Middletown was a great place. Betty would always let us tear down on a Sunday. But we carried our PA everywhere mm-hmm. we went. We had an old uh, U-Haul called Elvis, mm-hmm. and we had our own uh, park hands that were not pin spots. You know, these things are burnt to back of your necks. <laughs> but now, as a patron of, of the Sherman's Creek Inn, and, and as a musician, from the standpoint of seeing a capacity of where you are saying, basically in COVID, come out and see us, but 
you got to make a reservation. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yep. It's um, I mean, in in some ways, it's it's nice because if you know you you tell people like, look, it, there's limited seating, so you got to make a reservation. So hopefully that night, you know, if if there's people that are making making reservations that want to come see you, you know that they're there to see you. You know, from a musician's point of view, you know that those are going to be people that will be friendly faces that, you know, That's that true. know what yeah. you do, that yeah. appreciate what you yeah. do. You know, I've, I've, I've played plenty of places before where, you know, I, I've, I've gotten in there and put on a great show that at, you know, any other bar with any other crowd would be, you know, would be killer. And just the crowd isn't into it or, or, or didn't know there was going to be a band that night or didn't know it was going to be that kind of music, you know. So it's. It, it is it is nice having an expectation that well if someone's going to be there they're going to be there because there's live music and because they've made a plan to be there it's not just well we happen to be here and we might like it or we might not one of the things that i noticed about any band because i'm a promoter and i have to know my genre and i have to know my space space meaning i have to know my general area mm-hmm. being gunmetal gray is mainly focused everybody from new york perspective mm-hmm. how do you tell people hey i'm going to sherman's creek inn which is almost an hour away mm-hmm. to come support me in a time of covid to make a reservation yes you get those people that want to come see you and you want to make the reservation mm-hmm. but as, as as a promoter this goes against every principle of my being because my job is to call every mother in the world and say come see my band mm-hmm. and now i gotta say Okay, you twelve can and you're fifteen yeah, can and it, I can't. It's 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 that's definitely um something that's been a little weird where I've uh been doing some shows, especially even acoustic shows where it's been where I've been told like, hey, don't advertise this or don't don't like don't try to invite too many people because you know I'll, I'll go play bars that have regular crowds there that that come all the time and they want to be able to accommodate them i've played you know places that have reached capacity and had to turn people away you know these smaller places like uh there's a uh, a local brewery in wrightsville called hell in a bucket um that's doing acoustic music right now but with covid capacity you can fit 20 people period in there and that's it and the last time i played there we had to turn away at least 20 people from the door because there just wasn't capacity for it so that's that's been strange and that's been the one downside of it is that there's people that don't then get to see you i want to tell uh, you, you know you were saying about um go metal gray you know asking for a guarantee up front like to play the, the torsten but there's another aspect of gun metal gray that totally earned my respect uh with my motorcycle riding club which is armed um, we would do uh, what we call the halfway to pay for play, which is for the Children's Miracle Network. Oh boy, that was probably our third year, second or third year we were doing it. And uh, I got a hold of, I don't know if it was you or if it was Dave or it, who it was. Most likely me. <laughs> and, and I said, look, I said, you know, and, and I was booking the bands to play it, you know, and of course I'm asking the bands to donate their time. And it's all for the kids. I mean, we would raise thousands of dollars in one night. And I asked them, I said, can you guys play? Can you play? So, uh, again, it might have been you. You got mm-hmm. back to me and said, you know what? He said, I, we have a show that night in Lancaster. Gun Metal Gray, Ed, mm-hmm. said, but you know what? We want to play your first spot. It's five in the afternoon. You know, we just did a motorcycle ride. So, you might have some people there, you know, but people don't gear up and come out till eight, nine o'clock at night at that time, you know, they said, we don't care. We want to come play your first slot before we head to Lancaster. And they came and supported the kids. And that day, those boys, my respect, 110%. We, we, that's what I look for in a band. That's, that's what I look for. And that's who gets my respect. We have a, a, a great sense of community, you know, where, uh, as as many things as we do, as as much as we enjoy playing music, it you know it's it's about the community and it's about the the people. You know we can't do what we do without having a a strong sense of community. So any any time we can give back 
in any way is always something that we're, we're and, and you for. do and you're great yeah. about it i mean absolutely great there's a lot I mean, there's a lot of bands you know and, and i'm not saying just come out of great there's right, a lot of bands right. out there mm -hmm. pantera pantera you know space and them always hey we're there for you dude anytime you want us to play um johnny thompson who used to sing for pantera his band sinister he's like anytime you need me to play all you got to do is ask that is that's to me that's big and that's huge in our in, in in our area because there's so many bands in our area that just they do it because they love it and they they love to do it for for certain causes and you know i think we have we, we've got to have one of the best local music communities anywhere hands down yeah by yeah. far hands down and one of the things that not too long ago we're talking last year or the year before when fat daddies was taking off and doing stuff really good with them and not knowing whether or not they're going to be back or not mm -hmm. um one of the things about ed and ed and i known each other for the last three years on a consistent basis but mm -hmm. one of the things is is i always have with him is we've always had really good communication mm -hmm. um we work well professionally I respect him uh, musician wise. He comes to watch my band Leadfoot. And but the, the, the difference between camaraderie and um, I don't know what you want to call it, uh, but when we play, it's nothing for Kip to hand over his bass <laughs> and say, go, son, play. And he kept go back and have a couple of Jager bombs and a beer watching Ed play one or two songs. It's it's one of those things where that's respect yep. in the music community that you just, if you don't belong in it and you don't keep an eye on it, you'll never see it happen. The community work that you do, Bill, and for people who know him in his writing community, they have a nickname for you. What do they call you? My, my writing name? Your writing name. Cowboy. Cowboy. How did you get your name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. 2004. 2005. My, uh, my wife actually gave it to me. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. It was the first time that I ever met her and, and one of my best friends, uh, Michelle. Uh, they were out at the at the oh yeah, uh, stadium club, and I was actually wearing a cowboy head, and they were doing karaoke. Stadium club in Middletown. Uh, uh high spire. Okay, right yeah, yeah, yeah. right there, there. And we were we were we'd go out there like all the time and do karaoke, and and I was there, and uh, she like I guess her and Mitch were trying to get my attention all night, but I didn't pay no attention. I mean, I mean, I'm doing my thing, you know. And all of a sudden, at the end of the night. Um, my buddy Fitz and I were playing pool and they walk up and they slam chairs down and she sits there and looks right at me and goes, hey, cowboy. And I just, I looked at her and I looked at Fitz and I said, hey, and you know, that's, and then that's all they would, you know, we all became friends at that point, but that's what they would call me. So, you know, I was in, I was in Bikers Against Child Abuse. I was in, you know, um, Bad V, Bikers Against uh, Domestic Violence out uh, of Gettysburg. It was always cowboy. So. So you got the street name Cowboy. That's my story. You know what? I always regretted, and not by choice, um, because of certain decisions mm -hmm. in my family. Um, I always wanted a road name. Never got one because I always was told that I can ride with anybody. I can ride with uh, Peggins. I can ride with Armed. I can ride with um, Second Brigade. Um, you don't need affiliation. I don't. I still feel the brotherhood, yeah. but sure. I'm still missing my road name, Ed. <laughs> and I don't understand why I never got one because I used to be called preacher because I put a lot of stuff on Facebook where mm -hmm. I, I, I'm a Christian. So I, I, I put stuff on Facebook, but uh, they, they said, if I was going to name you, I would always name you the preacher. But I'm pretty sure that most road people, including the, the one Christian uh, road club, mm -hmm. has a preacher in it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that would work. It's it's usually you get your name from something really stupid you do or something you say or and, and trust me I say a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, we're gonna wrap it up. Uh, 
going into break. And when we come back from break, we're going to have Ed play a song of his choosing. This is awesome. So stay tuned. All right. And we're back. And thank you for your patience. And this next segment is going to be brought to you by Progressive. That's right. Look up Mike Greeny and Progressive uh, Insurance in York. He's the man to go to for all your car insurance needs. Now, for your listening pleasure, we have Ed on the acoustic, and he's going to sing us uh, one of his songs that he's going to be playing tonight at the TI. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for this. And I, um, so normally for my acoustic shows, I do a lot of, you know, covers and everything everybody wants to hear. But occasionally, uh, I've, I've got a, a group of people that like to follow me around that like to hear uh, some of my original music. So that's what I'm going to uh, do for you right now. I'm going to play a song that uh, got me into doing my original music again after a couple years off uh, called Let In, Let Down. Screaming, you don't make a sound. 
That was great. Mic yeah. drop. We're done. That's, it. <laughs> That's all we need. Wow. Good job, man. Oh, my gosh. You're amazing. Accompanied by Tambourine Foot. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Which could be another band. Yeah, Tambourine, Tambourine Foot. Foot. Yes, yeah. I know. I have to come up with, them, with a million of them because I do it in my head all the day. Mm -hmm. What I want to know is, first of all, um, what is your favorite instrument? Um, that, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I do all my writing on guitar. Um, when I do my original music, I play guitar and I sing. Uh, so it's definitely like my, my home where I feel comfortable. But I love playing drums. It is probably the most fun I have playing an instrument. I, I like playing bass. and I like that it's simple enough that I get to move around and do a lot of like as you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I get to work with the crowd and I get to dance around and have fun. <clears throat> but I also just like hitting things. Coming from uh, an experience where I got to see you play drums, mm -hmm. my personal opinion, after watching you play guitar, because that mm -hmm. was the first time I ever got to watch you play guitar, drums is your moneymaker. Mm -hmm. I enjoy... And probably because I'm biased, and that's probably why I asked Ed Piccolo to be my guest last mm -hmm. weekend. I'm a drummer, mm -hmm. so I'm a biased kind of guy. But I also seen people who play drums and go, eh. And I've seen people who play drums and go, wow. When Kip and I, because it seems like every time I go out, Kip is my go-to guy to say, let's go do this, because him and I can appreciate the same type of music. Mm -hmm. And we have the same kind of respect for musicians. He said the same thing. Wow, on the drums. And there's a lot of people who are natural at doing things and the flow of things go. And the way you make things go, kind of like the way I look at Ed too, is like, you know, there's a lot to be said about a front man, guitar player, and a bass player. But if you can get noticed by being a drummer, you're in a sweet spot. My, I, I've always said since I, since I joined Gunmetal uh, Gun Gray back in 2015, I am a firm believer that no matter where you look on stage, you should be entertained because you are coming to see a show, right? No matter, no matter whether it's just like some guys getting together and playing some songs or like a full multi-million dollar production, you're there to see a show and you're there to be entertained. So I want you, no matter where you're looking on stage, to be entertained. If it's me playing bass, that means I'm going to move around. I'm going to do some crowd work. I'm going to sing some harmonies. You know, if it's me playing drums, I'm going to swing my hair. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to make some weird faces. You know, it, it, it's, I, I, I firmly believe that, you know, you've got to consider the whole show, even just as a small part of it. And, and that's the thing about, you know, and not cutting any bands, not going to name any names, but there are bands that go up there. They stand in front of that microphone. They sing, they play their guitars. But then you have bands like Gunmetal Gray. You have bands like used to be Super Bob, and that just when you go there, you're in awe. You're in awe. You know, between the, the singer Dave Damone and 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 him and and Kristen and they, it doesn't matter. They could be in the worst mood in the world. They could be not feeling good. It doesn't matter when they hit that stage for that two hours or however long they're playing. From the time they start to the time they hit that last note. They've given you 120%. You know who and it's awesome. You know who Ed reminds me of? Dave Grohl. <laughs> you, you well, know yeah, what? You're you, right. You know, Dave's the same way. Yeah. Dave, Dave and, is the same and way. He's a, he's, huh. a, he's a big, uh, big personal influence of mine in, 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 in lots of different ways. And, and, and the reason why I bring that up is because Dave also believes in what they call reincarnation. Mm -hmm. He doesn't believe that you should be only playing one instrument. Matter of fact, he has a, a 29 minute song yes and he so, played every instrument on mm -hmm. that song i was wow. just uh hanging out with some of the hot and dangerous crew and they had that song on vinyl and the vinyl for that song comes with basically a schematic of how he did that song he played where, three different drum sets where he he so wow. he he did everything in one take sort of because he, he can't do everything in one take because he has to play all the instruments yes, but he did yeah. all the all the guitar you know in one take all the lead guitar all the all the vocal in one take and then all the drums in one take and he switches between three uh three main drum kits yes and then 
in between each of the drum kits, there's like a, a tiny one that has uh, just a couple of pieces, parts that he needs to get between the. the I call them child. Three. I call them childlike drum kits. Basically, yeah. there's three parts to each drum kit, but in the middle, he's literally running. Yeah. To all the kits. And it's at absolutely at absolutely speed. insane. And, and he's hitting stuff in between to get to the next yeah. kit. Oh, it's mm -hmm. crazy! It's That's crazy. Amazing. The, the guy that had to produce the sound had to record him. Said it was almost impossible to keep up with him because of the speed and accuracy that he was doing. Mm -hmm. And not only that, but in his head, he's going over what he had to do next mm -hmm. lyrically because he had to also sing harmony to his backup, mm -hmm. to his front. It was crazy. Yep. It, and and that's where I'm, I, I kind of get to the mm -hmm. point where you remind me of a lot of Dave Grohl. And yeah. not only that, but and this is something that Bill and I can attest to a lot of the ways is the fact is, and this is where I want to get your take on it, mm -hmm. Because Hot and Dangerous is one of my new up and coming that I would love to see do major things because of their female singer. Oh, and she she is. But not only that, but really if you notice at this table, mm -hmm. we have you by 100 years. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Bill, quit looking around. But, but, but the thing is, is besides Gunmetal Gray, Hot and Dangerous, I want to say... Um, Nine, the D, nine D group. Who else is there that's in the age bracket of twenty seven and under? And and well, so I I obviously have a, a a unique perspective on that. There are definitely bands that are starting out there. They're certainly not um, in this the same the same area that we are. And I think part of that is because. The, the the music that we make is is a, a little bit older even at, even as a younger guy you know a lot of the stuff we play with gun metal gray that's 80s stuff you know a that's lot my of, sweet spot there. yeah be, be a, safe be careful a, 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 lot of, a lot a lot of the stuff that we play with hot and dangerous is you know uh everything from uh zz top to greta van fleet you know it, it's all rock and roll kind of stuff and there's definitely bands that are out there and and doing it in that age bracket but i don't think they're doing the same kind of music and i think that might be if they're looking to be a cover band in that way that might be hindering them a little bit because there's certainly there's certainly a lot of you know power in just playing pop music right what is popular and on the radio now but there's a difference between that and songs that just by you know having more time under our belt we know that they're good songs because they've stood the test of time the test of you know yeah. we 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 joke a lot about you know in some of our bands how you know oh every band i've ever been in has played my own worst enemy by lit or has played <laughs> you know american girl by tom petty but that's because those songs are great and they can be enjoyed by a huge amount of people there, there's a reason you play those same songs in every band you know with some minor variation because those songs are the songs that speak to people sure now you, 80s child, what is your favorite band in the 80s? Oh, man, you put me on the spot. Well, I will <laughs> tell you this. It's going to be a hair band because that was my favorite. I, I love the hair band. Probably, probably the two bands that I really started listening to um, that really got me into it when I was 12, 13 years old was, would have to be Motley Crue, Shout Out the Devil, and Rat. Okay. Uh, out of the cellar. I mean, I, and it's ironic. And I don't know if you two know this or not, but Rat was on the same record label as Kicks. Oh, I didn't know that. And the reason why Kicks never got their push a hundred percent was because Rat had out of the cellar mm -hmm. hit MTV, yeah. where Kicks really didn't have anything. But Close Your Eyes took them, and it was by sheer genius of somebody going and telling somebody and i don't know the full story so i don't want to get it wrong but basically saying you're a buffoon if you don't have that song published and get it out there because they're sitting on a gold mine and it was almost like it was a little bit um like slapping in the in the face you know you, you could have pushed kicks just as hard as you did mm -hmm. rat but I was listening to Kicks at that time as well. I mean, they were playing our areas. They were playing roller skating rings. Let's, let's face and, it. And, you know, they were trying. Kicks is as close as you're going to get to a homegrown band like Live mm -hmm. or yeah. or um, um, 
stained or somebody else that comes Hailstorm. from the area. Hailstorm. Yeah. 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 But Lizzie Hale wouldn't be where she's at if it wasn't for Steve Wade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Hailstorm was playing radioactive right up the road from, you know, from, from Three Mile Island. And that's a little, 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 little dive bar up the road. And, and, and not to toot my them. horn, but they did play the T.I. <laughs> look at them, you know? I mean, yeah. my, my, my dad always likes to say that he saw Hailstorm, you know, way, way before they were big. Yeah. And that's his, that's his claim to fame. <laughs> okay. I want to know, and this is something we talked about, sir. I want to know from you mm-hmm. when you were a kid, or when you, when was the, who influenced you to pick up your first instrument, and 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 really give your passion to music. So, growing up, I listen like when I was young. I'd say you know maybe up to like the age of ten or eleven, I listened to a lot of pop music personally. I listened, you know, to what was popular at the time. I listened to like Backstreet Boys. I listened to NSYNC, you know. But so I was, and and you know, I I got some country from my dad. But my dad was around that time, and he listened to rock before that. But was you know listening more around the house to One Hundred Five Seven The X, and was listening to everything that they were playing at that time. So it was around that time, maybe like two thousand five or two thousand six, when I. You know, I heard Chop Suey for the first time. <laughs> I heard, you know, um, uh, like Bodies by Drowning Pool for the first time. I had a friend who uh, 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 lime-wired Slipknot for the first time and gave it to me on a, on a, on a jump drive, you know, and said, hey, listen to this. Uh, so I, I got a, my influences from a lot of different places. It was around that time, too, that one of my my personal biggest influences to playing music came around which was guitar hero okay it was the guitar hero was like the thing i used to go with my parents to walmart or something like that specifically so that i could go to the games kiosk and i could stand there at that, that little demo thing and play guitar hero and that is the reason i think that i play guitar today was because that exposed me to what it felt like to play guitar, what it, what that music was. I learned a lot of music from Guitar Hero. A lot of the music I used to listen to as a kid, you know, everything from like, you know, ACDC to like The Strokes. And, yeah, Avenged Sevenfold, everything in between. That, yeah. um, I, I, I very much credit that with being the reason I, I play today. And I 100%, anytime I get the chance to talk about it, I will say that I learned to play drums through rock band. I, like, I, I, I'd done, I'd done things in, in school, obviously, mm-hmm. I'd taken theory courses, and when I went to college, uh, you know, I, I went for music education, so I got a lot of music knowledge through there, but I learned to, like, keep a rhythm, have a limited independence with my arms and my feet through playing rock band. It is one of the best gateway tools for musicians and i will never stop singing its praises and i think one of the problems that are having in today's society is the fact is you're correct i think there's a lot of young musicians in the garage Mm -hmm. i think they're going to stay in the garage because they don't know how to reach out and have mentors Mm -hmm. when i was young i had mentors i actually reached out to people at a radio station you can't reach out to a radio station these days because mm-hmm. they're all corporate. Yeah. Back in the day, 93.5 used to own the billboards. Yeah. And they also owned the Dodge City Diner. Mm-hmm. He no longer does that, but they sold out. 92.7, which is now a sports station. Mm-hmm. Used to be Starview 92.7. Mm-hmm. That's where I got my start. Honestly, John Harris, who will outlive us all. <laughs> I started with him when I was 19 years mm-hmm. old and that's how I got my upbringing and the music that I listened to when I was younger, when I was 17, 16, a lot of uh, Twisted Sister, a lot of Ozzy. Mm-hmm. Ozzy still today is my all-time favorite singer because he can still hit ranges that people strive to and he's 70 almost 80 years old mm-hmm. he can sing he can, he can, he can do amazing. it he can do it right. but acdc has always been yeah. my favorite mm-hmm. and people said well that's rock and roll well no it's not it's blues mm-hmm. acdc is nothing but blues acdc has always been blues mm-hmm. you 
will never go and tell me that Eric Clapton and ACDC have nothing in common because it's straight up flipped. Mm -hmm. And I admire all that. I admire all that you do. I just wish, and maybe we can, we need to start a program where we can start dragging these people out of the cellars and out of their garages and maybe reach out to the elementary and middle schools and say, listen, why do you not have a music program anymore? That's where I started. Aaron Zimmerman mm -hmm. and I played ACDC. I don't know if you know who Aaron Zimmerman mm -hmm. is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Steel, and he does mm -hmm. sound. Uh, played ACDC, uh, Highway to Hell, in the little corridor in our middle school together. Mm -hmm. But Aaron would always carry an acoustic a guitar around on his back and mm -hmm. keep it in his locker. But you know what songs he would play? Elvis. Mm -hmm. It was the stuff that he was into, yeah. the chords he could reach. Mm -hmm. But that, to get to that point, you have to start at a rock band. Yes. You have to start Absolutely. at carrying that guitar around. You can't play the flute if you don't carry it around. Mm -hmm. You can't play the violin if you don't carry yeah. it around. And I mean, even before I started playing guitar, I was playing clarinet when I, when I was younger. I started on clarinet. My, my mom taught me a little bit of piano. Um, and, the, and that... I mean, music is such an important part of everyone's life. I believe everyone should have some sort of musical literacy. Not everyone has to play an instrument. Not everyone has to, you know, be fantastic at an instrument they play. But ha having at least just a musical appreciation and a musical literacy, I think, helps everyone. And I will say one more thing about, um, like, young bands and trying to get them out. W one of the cool things that's happening right now with the pandemic is that that's happening, but not in the live space it's happening online you know we see you know uh there's a there's a whole new generation of kids that are coming up and learning about different kinds of music and different styles and different instruments through tiktok tiktok is is possibly the greatest force on popular culture right now and you know that's for that's for good and for bad but I personally have seen lots of people that are ex, ex, uh, finding out about new music through TikTok and exploring things and, and forming communities, almost like the, you know, the days of the 90s and message boards or, uh, or forums where people will get together and you know, discover, discover new things together. That's kind of happening now with communities on TikTok. And so I think there's lots of kids who are who now have broader access to the tools they have you know things like youtube where they can just say hey i want to learn to play guitar i'm going to look up a video uh, an entire you know two-hour video series on, on what to do to learn to play guitar the barrier for entry is now essentially gone if you have internet access which i think is great and so i think we just need to be able to translate that to uh the the live show I think so many kids nowadays are caught up with the social media aspects of things and, you know, releasing music and doing music for, for social media exclusively to get that, you know, rush of saying, oh, I have so many people that liked it or I have so many people that viewed it without actually getting out and being able to connect with other people. So I think that's the next step is we need to help them see like, not only is it, you know, better for you mentally to get out and connect with other people, it's going to be more rewarding for you. You know, putting out a putting out a song or, you know, making a video on TikTok that does really well. I've I've had videos go viral on TikTok. I have one that has like four hundred thousand views. That's never going to feel as good as getting on stage and playing to even even just ten people yeah. that are really enjoying. Yeah. It's true, but it's true. And, and the kids, you know, and the kids right now they they've had nothing but time. Yeah. To, to 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 hone in on their skills mm -hmm. and and you know and like you said TikTok has been something great for them because they can they can go ahead and they can you know they can make that music and get it out there and like you said and I think we're I think when this all starts easing up we're going to see a big push mm -hmm. in a lot of a lot of talent that that's going to come out from this. I agree. I agree. And on that note. Uh, Ed, I would love to have you uh, back as another guest. And Bill, <laughs> you are definitely going to be my co-host for a couple of more episodes. We just have to work out the details on that because 
we're entering a time and phase where camping and socialization outside is going to partake in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. So I would love, and if you would uh, accept, I'd love to have you back again. Absolutely. I would love to do that. Um, and at some point, uh, uh, maybe when you come back, bring the the GMG guys yep. with you. We can, we can make that. That'd be awesome. And uh, on my point, I have taken away three things from my interviews. And the first one is I take away uh, your youth. I admire you for your youth and your stamina and your passion. Mm-hmm. The second thing I admire is the fact that you are uh, gracious and you don't have a big head because what I've always said in the big... <laughs> well, I do have a big head. Big, big Physically, big, not big, mentally. <laughs> big, big scheming thing is I don't work with people who have big heads and, mm. and, and I can't stand egos beyond galore. Mm. You're, you're definitely down to earth and I admire you for that. And the third thing is, is again, I admire your characteristics of, of a Dave, Dave girl where you concentrate on the things as a whole. Mm-hmm. You just don't pick and choose. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're 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 passionate about it all. And Bill, I appreciate you, my friend, for coming and joining me today Thanks, and great. sitting in. And uh, the one thing I took away from you is the fact that I now know how you got your name, Cowboy. <laughs> <laughs> and I know now that you need to find you. Mm-hmm. True story. Mm-hmm. And on that note, I'd like to bid everybody adieu and thank you for joining us on the roundtable live and local. Again, my name is Chuck. I'm with Triumph Entertainment, and have a great evening. Thank you. Um, before we go, would you mind if I plug something real quick? Go, boy. So, um, yeah. if if you're if you're new to this and don't know who I am, my name is Ed Allison. I make all kinds of music and do all kinds of things. If you'd like to find me um, on all kinds of social media, everything is at Ed Allison Music. Usually, you can find me on Facebook, see where I'm going to be next. You can find me on Twitter and see me post all kinds of stupid things. Uh, and I wanted to say maybe for the first time publicly that I am working on a new original album. I just finished Ooh. tracking drums today. Uh, that's where I just came from. So uh, I'm very excited about that. And you should see something uh, before the end of this year. That is great. And he'll be performing tonight at the tourist Inn. Yes, absolutely. From eight to, eight 11. to 11. Please stop out if you have a moment and be safe. And thanks again. And again, thank you guys both yes, for joining you. me. And uh, God bless you all. Take care. Bye-bye.